reading podcast where myself, my name's Connor, uh, and my two wonderful, fabulous, amazing, incredible, stupendous, kind, caring, grateful, pretty cool co-hosts slash perpetual guests. I, hey, 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 let's not, that's, uh, that's a step too far. All right. (laughs) That's a step too far. Uh, Perpetual guests. That is, Connor, we're doing a little, a little bit of a bit here. That's just how it goes here at Chapter Chumps. And uh, Josh, would you like to say hey? Hey. There we go. (laughs) That's, uh, we uh, we usually I would say we read five chapters every week of whatever book we're reading, but th- this is the first time we've actually changed that. Um, we are starting to read The Hobbit, and the plan is to continue on into The Lord of the Rings. And as the uh, page the page lengths of the chapters are a little different than some of the books we've been uh, reading previously, we've decided to so far break it into two chapters. So today we're going to be discussing the first two chapters of the hobbit um before we get to all that by J.R. token but who who uh, wrote the hobbit what's that guy's name J.R.R. Jer- jeremy token <laughs> who it seems like you're not doing your research mr host <laughs> no i don't know shit <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Joe Rogan? So, anyways, <laughs> this I don't know. This Torkin guy sounds pretty Joe, cool. Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'll be excited oh, to God. talk about this book later. Um, Oops. and uh, I mean, also, this is essentially a the first episode of the podcast. Essentially, it is. It's essentially the first episode. So, before. so you know, I think it might behoove us to to you know give a little bit of a rundown on what we're going to do around here. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's a book club podcast. Right. Obviously, we're chumps. You know. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think those two things are are pretty clear. Yeah. Clear Wait, I as we that. Read the chapters. Sorry. We're we're Shit. um we're we're going to Asia. be reading books, and uh, the the first one that we're going to be reading together is The Hobbit. But there will be more after that. Mm-hmm. The Hobbit by Gregory Torkin. J J R R Martin. Hmm. There we go. That's a good one. That's yeah. that's gonna make the nerds a little ornery. Or it's you're gonna, gonna horn up the nerds. It's gonna make fans of both both franchises cream their little pants. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna cream their little nerd pants. That's uh. That's Not what's gonna happen. You know, um, I mean, ornery comes from hornery, obviously. True. It's just you just yeah. take off the H. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's that's kind of what kind I was of, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, where it comes from is you know you're so horny, and then mm. you know you you're so horny, you get a little bit angry. Right. You're yeah. That horny. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's it. Yes. Or you're so angry, it just makes you horny. Anyways, like you can't get any angrier, and like. You just have to, it gets channeled into, like, horniness. Yeah, I can go either um, way. That's what, you know, we were talking about, like, other stuff we've, I mean, like, we read through all of Dune. That's that's part of what Dune was about, I feel like, too. You Definitely. know, that was, that was a big part of Dune. For sure. Uh, the, the horniness, that is. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I'm excited. Um, you know, we, we kind of found out how horny Frank Herbert is, the author of Dune. 
Yeah. Um, we found out how horny Douglas Adams is, the author of Hitchhikers: <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I'm so I'm I'm excited to to see how uh, horny this guy is. Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, what's we'll... his name again? Uh. Toll. Toll Booth. Toll. Yeah. John Toll Booth. Toll something. I don't know. So it's a little. It's a little unknown gem. Just a little undiscovered gem. A little rock that we turned over in the the never-ending field of endless books. You know. Mm. But uh, like Connor's saying, yeah, this is this is pretty much it. <laughs> you know, we uh, we read a book, we talk about it, and and we shoot the shit. So um, you know, if you like that, then uh, you know, keep it going. And and if you don't, then um, I don't know. Hate listen. Write us a bad review. Hate yeah. listen to us. It's a good one. <laughs> We're the number one podcast to hate listen to about books for chumps. But we might just make um, you ornery. <laughs> oh god yeah i'm almost glad or i'm almost sad i don't know glad and sad rhyme it's like ornery and hornery i can't i'm almost sad that i don't have a can to crack because it's also kind of a yeah. part of partly a, a podcast tra- tradition to op- crack open a can uh but i'm just i'm drinking some straight whiskey here right now so um i'm drinking the bottle bottle version of coca-cola zero so i have nothing to crack either Nice. I just have my bottle of water as usual. It's kind of like you know, it, this is a new show. You know, we we've been on other podcasts together before. One was called right. Dune Dudes. That's the, the the two of us right doing together. The other yeah. one was called Chapter Chumps. Um, same name, different podcast where we read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now we're on yeah. a new podcast together called Chapter Chumps. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of like new. Too. It's it's well, it's sort of like um. When when people do like a reboot or a revival of an old franchise or property, and they just use the same name, and then you have to refer to it as the same name but with the date that it launched. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the, this, this is, is Chapter Trumps 2023. Or how about we just we, we streamline it to Chapter Trumps 2000? <laughs> I think that's snappier. That's I mean it's snappier, but it's, it's snappier, but it's much more wrong. It doesn't matter. It's fun though. I it's do kind of like it. It's fun. Man, I would have been so cool to like name things in the year 2000. People just mm. had a field day, you know. They did yeah. anything oh my God. 2000. Like I I actually, you know what? Um this kind of leads me into what what I want to talk about on our our next segment. We're cuz we're doing segments now, right? Let's uh, okay, so let's let's start the segment. Uh our opening segment here, this is our pros and cons segment. Um pros I'm going to have to explain. This is going to go a little bit over the heads of some of our listeners. So I'm going to break this down for you there. A lot of lore. Cornery, a lot of lore. Cornery little, uh, you know, you listeners. Um, wherever you are. <laughs> um, pros and cons, because pros, like P-R-O-S-E, like, pro, oh, like, oh, that's, like, like, we're reading, like, pros, like, the, the yeah. actual, like, reading, you know, the writing of something, wow, pros, and then cons, well, my name's Connor. My and name this, is also this, Connor. This guy, that his name's Connor. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking, like, okay, well, what about this third guy? That doesn't, Josh? He ain't a Connor. Hi. 
You got enough fashion. Anyway. There's nothing there. But his last name. He's none of your business. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> prepared. Not to, to, I'm not, not going to dox you. Him. I'm not going to dox you, Josh. <laughs> no, it's O'Connor. Self doxing. Oh, classy. Oh, yeah. Connor. It's okay to self dox. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so that's the deal. So we're going to talk about uh, one positive thing. That's the pro. One negative thing. That's the con. That's and and that's the plan, Connor. It sounds like you want to start us off here. Yeah, you know, I, I, why not? Um, so yeah, we'll start off with the pro, which, uh, you know, in this case is is the positive. Uh, you know, which th- th- these days there's, you know, uh, there's a lot of cons, but you know, it's good to good to savor the pros. Um, and, and the one pro actually that, that I, you know, our conversation here just made me think of is today I started a new job and yeah, thank you. I love, love being congratulated on (laughs) shitty jobs. (laughs) Um, sorry. I I do appreciate that, Josh. Um, in, in the bathroom at, in this office building, um, in the the stall there's three stalls in the middle stall there's like a big shit that was on just the floor like underneath the toilet it was smelling oh. it was really gross and i, I just like Wait, did you say this is the the pro portion that, yeah, of your discussion th- this is oh, that, that's that's just an unrelated well it's it's not it's not what i'm going for okay just a detail go, go i wanted on. to throw in a detail gotcha, I throw that was fun um thanks the the toilet paper dispenser where they put the toilet paper roll in there. Um, I took a picture of it because I, I love the name. Um, it's it's called the Rollmaster 3000. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you the, the picture. You can see that. Oh, yeah. I thought wow. it was really... They named it way too early. They're yeah. almost a thousand years too early for that. Well, that I mean, it's it, it's uh, it, it's in vogue for you know for a while. That, that adds a lot of time to its shelf life. So I, I, I was really pleased with that. Yeah. Yeah, I just you know, I love it. It's love pretty it. funny. Love adding a two thousand or three thousand after, you know, some some kind of dumb name. You know, just like just makes everything better. It's weird because I feel like other like instances of thousands don't always work. Like if it was Rollmaster four thousands, it just seems like it doesn't work. Yeah, the same way. Yeah, it can be too much. Because it's like 2,000, okay, we just passed it, like that that had its time, and now it's like you kind of naturally look ahead to 3,000, but I mean, yep. 4,000, 5,000, and, and so on? I mean, I what's mean, a Rollmaster 6,000? Come on. It depends, you know, if if there's something set in the far future, you know, you could maybe get away with 5,000, 4,000 maybe, but uh, 2,000, 3,000, that's the sweet spot for that, that mm-hmm. naming convention. Um and then the the con is 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 a I don't know a big big one or an annoying one and that's kind of why I was uh, late today for record which I wasn't really late today we, you know yeah, it was like between I mean, seven fifteen and seven thirty I was is that what I said yeah yeah last night yeah mm. we talked yeah okay yeah um, I was right here I was here pretty much seven thirty on the dot um, okay. But anyways, last night we, you know, we we had a band meeting. Um, Chapter Trumps I'm, is is the band I'm referring to. Yeah, um, right. About you know the future of the podcast, the new podcast we're just starting today. Um, 
And after we hung up, you know, I, I started to feel kind of sick. I was getting like chills and feeling really yucky and stuff. And so I, I started reading The Hobbit. I got 15 pages in and I was just like, I feel like my, my tummy hurt really bad. So, you know, my, my beautiful girlfriend made me some, some, uh, some tea, peppermint tea, and it gave me a hot water bottle and um, nice. just kind of laying on the couch like a, like, like a, like a frightened little thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it seems like you're a lot better now though. Yeah. Right yeah. now I'm, I'm, I feel okay. Um, but I woke up this morning again, feeling like just total fucking dog shit, just really fucking terrible. And I don't know, I, I never know anymore what is real and what's fake. You know, I don't know when I'm actually feeling sick or when I'm just like paranoid about it. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I definitely have a, um, uh, like psychosomatic response to illnesses. Um, I, I have all like forever, but with post COVID it's like way worse. Um, that boy needs therapy. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just kind of got on with the day and I took Excedrin and I don't, it wasn't, you know, uh, I tested myself for COVID. I got a negative, negative result. I didn't feel like, you know, too sick to like not go to work. So I went to work uh, first day of a new job, you know? And yeah, uh, I mean, you want to make a good impression. For the two weeks you're going to be there for. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. I mean, I don't know about two weeks yet, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't want to put any words in your mouth. Yeah. And, and uh, so I got back home. I got out of work at like 4.30, got back home at like 5, and, you know, pretty much spent the entire time just reading the rest of the chapters. Um, and so I, I, I uh, had to finish that up, and it was already time to record, and then I was like, oh, fuck. There's other podcast things I wanted to get done, you know, uh, for, for this new, um, podcast we're starting. Some, right. Chapter Chumps 2000. Some, some production work I had to get done for Chapter Chumps 2000. Um, but I made it, I made it just, just under the, Sounds like uh, you got it all figured out in the end, man. I mean, you turned this con into a pro if you ask me. So thanks. I appreciate that. Very nice. Um, Josh, do you want to go next to me? I can go next if you like. All right, go for it. So I think I'll start with the cons since I, I like to end on better news. No cons and pros. Uh, and, Heroes uh, and cons. Sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, I think the big cons that vacation's over. I had to start work again today. <laughs> uh, it's been a very busy holiday season for me. And... I wish I had more time to relax, but I, it, it's not that much of a con, but I, I, I think I'm in a good spot right now. So all I can really say is that crap, I have to go back to work. <laughs> uh, as for pros, um, I guess work's been pretty easy so far. <laughs> Nobody's really gotten back into it's literally the first day back so like half my team was missing like still on vacation or just there were no meetings or anything like that today so the only time i actually spoke to somebody about something work related was my boss making sure i got a bonus like two months ago that i went through a boner so a bonus did you say boner bonus 
You weren't ornery at work, were you? No. Okay. Sometimes a boner can happen if you get too ornery. But we're just gonna move. We're just gonna we're move, just gonna move on. on. We're just, we're gonna, just move gonna move on. on. It's fine. It's fine. We're gonna we're move gonna on. Move on. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're gonna move on. Yeah. No, it's pretty subdued the last couple of days, especially since you guys left for New Year's. So, which was a ton of fun. That's oh yeah, huge that's, pro. let's like let's like that the real pros. We all that's got together for New Year's. That was uh, yeah, we, ton of fun. We we had an awesome New Year's Eve together. You know, the three chumps and uh, some some family and friends and other you know mm-hmm. loved ones and uh, and yeah, it was it was an awesome way to to ring in the new year. Absolutely, totally. Yeah, it was really cool that we got to make that happen in the end. And and now I have a full leftover pizza that I need to eat before it goes bad. I assumed you would have taken care of that by now. I've gotten through a third of it. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I, instead of doing pizza three nights in a row, I decided to do quesadillas uh, yeah. Sunday night, and then tonight I had a salad. Because hmm. so, the salad's going to go bad before the uh, the pizza does. Fair so. enough. It was good pizza. It was. It was good um, pizza. I, I don't think I reheated it quite right last time, last night, so... I'll try again for the next third. Uh, the trick is you got to put some oil on the crust or else it gets too hard. And then you put it in the oven at a low temperature for a little bit longer than you would otherwise. Like like 225 like, for like 12 or 15, minutes or 10, 10, 12 minutes. Like vegetable oil or like motor oil? I, that's, that's what I've, I, I just put extra virgin olive oil or whatever I, I got on. And I, I just put, I just drizzle a little bit on the crust because otherwise I feel like the crust gets way too hard. Like you need yeah, some kind was- of moisture on it. Yeah, that was kind of what I was having trouble with. Um, but I, I, I usually I usually reheat pizza in a toaster oven. So yeah, uh, and I knew to turn the heat down. It's like ten minutes. Just kind of reheat it. But um, I'll have to try the olive oil thing next time. I'll give it a shot. Tell me what you think. We'll see. I may. I I have also to remember to try to use the olive oil next time, which I can't yeah. guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> so what about All you? Right. Um. So I, I think my con is. Probably the same as yours, Josh. Right, Today was also pros. my first day. <laughs> <laughs> also my first. This day is back. the this is the segment. Cons and pros. No, it's still it's pros and cons because it, uh, it just works better that way. Really. But I, I like I like not what Josh really. had going on there, so I figured it's I'd. Not really uh, pros and cons I like, anymore. If we don't, I, I, mean, I like to end on a positive. Cons and I, cons and okay, time, we gotta change the name. We gotta change the name. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's, it just sounds like a nitpick from him. <laughs> do you want me to? Do you want me to do no, it? No, 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 no. Right. We're not. Only, save your girlfriend gonna let you do it. Save that for later. Only if we have a nitpick, will be okay. nitpick. All right. Okay. Alert. Um, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. Today was my first day back after winter break, which is like uh, fine. Like Josh was saying, like my day wasn't that hard. I had a pretty easy day back, um, but. It's just tough. It's just tough, and it yeah. makes me think, like, you know, the, the work week just doesn't have to be the way that it is, you know? It's like, we could all take a leaf from a Sweden's playbook or something and do a four-day work week. Like, minimum, you know? I mean, like, you know, there's more you could do, but I mean, like, Jesus. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. Um, but anyways, my pro is uh, that... I finally got to start reading The Hobbit, and I'm really excited to t- 
talk about it with you guys as a group. Um, but like, I've wanted to read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings for a long time. But also, I have a really hard time self-motivating, especially when it comes to reading, which is also why, par partly why this podcast came about anyways, because Dune Dudes was sort of the the inception point of that, like trying to figure out like how to get myself to read. And then this comes, comes from that. So it's all connected domino effecty. Well, this comes from uh, chapter chumps. <laughs> yeah. Right. This yes. Podcast. Yeah. The, the original was chapter chumps. Now this is chapter yeah, right. chumps, just different and podcast. I just, I just mean like Dune dudes is kind of the, the precursor. Yeah, chapter chumps. The, the chapter chumps comes from Dune dudes. Chapter chumps comes from chapter chumps. Yeah, right. Thank you. Chapter Chumps 2000. Thanks for clearing that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So, um... You've been talking about, even, um, like, doing The Lord of the Rings since, like, the second or third Dune book, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I even... I got my copy of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, the ones that, you know, we'll be reading, or that I am reading in the case of The Hobbit. I, I asked for those for Christmas last year. So I've had them for a year. And oh, wow. just, you know... I haven't read them, which I, I knew at that point, I knew I wasn't planning on reading them on my own. I was planning on reading them for the podcast. Um, right. But it's just funny that I, you know, we pretty much just passed that point. I've had them for just over a year now. This is um, January 3rd, also a very special date. We're going to be uh, yeah, you mentioning. Connor, I was going to ask you, like, why, yeah. why today? Why, why do we... We'll start reading The Hobbit on January third mm. of all days. What like what makes it so special? That is a really great question, Connor. Thank you. Um This is uh Jason Andrew Relva Tolkien's one hundred and thirty first birthday. Um so, yeah, it, it, it's funny that this was just a coincidence because actually when we were talking about relaunching the Chapter Chumps podcast, um, we we just said that we would talk on January 3rd because we have been used to talking on Tuesdays. That's the day that we've had free. And we wanted to do it after all the, the holiday festivities died down. And so it's like, okay, well, then our first opportunity is the third. And uh, on the dust jacket... Of, uh, of my copy of The Hobbit, which actually the dust jacket isn't next to me. But it, it has his, it lists his birthday on the back. Um, he was born on January 3rd, 1892. Which is uh, nuts. It's one of those things like, and, and like, I, it's one of those things like history has a big impact. Like, like the, the history of the time has a big impact on on what Tolkien was writing about, from what I understand. But also, like, it's just one of those things, like, I don't know, you ever sit back and think about, like, how how different a life, like, even just your grandparents lived? Like, they might have been fucking going to the town square getting water from a well. Like, literally. I'm not even making a joke. Like, I, plenty of people's grandparents did that shit. Like, that's just what they fucking did to get water. Like My, my grandmother grew up in a time before light bulbs were really, like, like, uh, uh, prolific, right? Uh, and they weren't. Her family wasn't that that well off, so like they, they their Christmas tree was like little paper things from the Macy's that they were getting rid of Christmas Eve. 
that looked yeah. like a tree would go full. Yeah, it's bonkers. You talk yeah. to any old person, and they're going to blow your mind. My nana, so my like, nana has a lot of great stories from back then. I, yeah, I mean she and she grew up in Ireland uh-huh. during uh, the Troubles. There's some real hardships it's there. True. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess like obviously Tolkien's dead, so it's not like oh wow he's got some crazy stories. But I mean like just um, like how how different of a world these books were written in. But like also. You know, jumping in, and I think we're probably going to be talking about a lot of different things, but I was I was kind of worried that these books would actually, like, read old. Like, they would feel, you know, like, and I think there are some parts where it's like, you can kind of tell, like, this is, this is an older book for sure. But it's a lot uh, snappier than I was expecting, to be honest, from these, these first two chapters, which I'll be interested to talk to you about. Um... But yeah, I mean, this it, it's really cool that we get to launch in in honor of J.R.R. Tolkien's 131st birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> Junior Rogaine tall kid. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, Josh. I was going to ask before we get started, um, you mentioned that you got the books last year, but mm. have you ever actually read any of The Hobbit before? No, you ever I it, have never made any singular attempt ever in my life to ever read <laughs> The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings. I don't think I've read one word. Okay. Well, you've read the, the titles at some point, I imagine. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, but you have, I think we've all discussed this earlier, but we all have seen the movies. I have. I don't kind know if of. Yes. I, I mean... I I know I have seen all of the Hobbit movies, which is funny. I I've I've only seen bits and pieces of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's funny. That's great and, though. Actually, that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. And you have and you haven't read the book either. Oh no, right? No, okay. and and I have zero so, memory of of either. So, okay. So, like Chapter Chumps, I have read the book before, but it's been years and years. Uh, when we did Hitchhiker, so I, I was in the same kind of boat, um, but. I read this version. I got this version of the Hobbit when I was a child. I don't remember how old. I just know my aunt gave it to me. Um, and then they started making the movies, and I decided to read the whole book before the first. I went to go see the first movie, not realizing at the time that it would only get to be like there, like a third of the way through the book. Um, but uh, so I, I read this book when the movies first came out, when the Hobbit movies first came out, and I saw Lord of the Rings. Uh, those those movies back in high school and I think the last time I saw them was my freshman year of college um, but I haven't read any of the Lord of the Rings books I tried to read them a couple years ago like two years ago but uh, could not get through like the first few chapters of Fellowship because I didn't have the motivation back then mm. so yeah that's um that's really little, interesting to hear. Just some context for our listener. No, I mean, the context is important because, like, Josh is so Josh has seen the Hobbit movies and read all of the Hobbit, though it was some time ago. Connor has seen the Hobbit movies, never read the book, but doesn't remember the movies or any fucking shit, anyways. <laughs> and I've 
only seen the first Hobbit movie and then have never read the books. But I've seen the Lord of the Rings movies a lot, and I, I've actually watched all three extended edition versions um, back in October. Um, so just, you know, oh. three months ago. Um, okay. If that. So I feel cool. pretty familiar with the Lord of the Rings story itself, but like that's also what's interesting about it because I always hear from book readers, uh, particularly um, one of my other best friends, Adam. He um, is has always been a huge, uh, well, reader in general, but has always loved Lord of the Rings, and he's always told me like you know people always say that they're like perfect adaptions, and but what about this and what about that and you know. <laughs> Um, I'm excited to, to really dig and do it for myself. Um, and this is kind of the, the first step on that journey that we're all going on together. So, um, cool. Cool. That'll be, that'll be really cool to talk about. Um, to your point, Josh, I think there's just one more thing that I want to mention that you made me think about, but like, it goes without saying, but like the Lord of the Rings is one of the most popular stories ever written. Um, and so, like, I think we're all going to have things that we might know about it or think we know about it or, or you know, things that might, like, inform our, our reading of the text. Um, but I feel like, especially all, given... All I know... All sorry for that, interrupting. Sorry for... All I know is that the I, I uh, the want... dragon falls in love with the donkey at the end. Nope, that's Shrek. I don't know if that's if, if if Josh is right on that one. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll yeah. see. We'll have, we'll have to read and find out. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But um. But I feel like even even in times where I don't know, I guess we might know stuff. I think we should just limit our discussions to what we're discussing from what we've read that that week. So I want to avoid conversations about things that that we know about like from the lord of the rings and so on as much as possible especially considering i I think connor probably doesn't know that much about it and it's really cool to have someone who i I think will be able to kind of see some of their their like genuine fresh reactions to these things that i think you and i might be a little more familiar with josh um so i just wanted to throw that out there i hope we're in agreement because I would like to kind of go through this story as, as we read it as best we can, um, despite how, how immense and well-known it is. I agree. That sounds like a good plan. Okay. Yeah. Same. All right. Well, uh, then I guess it's, it's time to uh, jump in. Are time you ready? For the theme song. You didn't do that already? Oh no, we do we, we do a dip, uh, like a, a a sing along for every uh, for, for every <laughs> no, we book don't. we do. We, we, I don't we know do where you're getting this from. We never do this. It's a new segment in uh, we, on, uh, on the we new did, show, Chapter it Jumps. It sounds like we're we're kind of. Ch- I mean, this is Chapter Jumps 2000. I mean, you're right about what what we've done in the past. Yeah. but this is Chapter Jumps 2000, Connor. So, I yeah yeah. I mean, I'm I'm saying it's going to be a new segment for Chapter Jumps 2000. Maybe we should one of us should use our annual veto to stop this from happening. <laughs> Yeah, Josh, go ahead. I, I'm going to stop this from happening. All right, <laughs> hey, you know, th- that's I I respect it. 
I respect it. I'm not going to push back. Uh, but but you're you're you just wasted your veto on on the first episode of the year. So I mean, and I will All probably right, use I, my. I, I really. I'll probably use my veto in in uh, like vengeance, you know, with vengeance hmm. in my heart. So just be be aware. Okay, you can waste it then. <laughs> okay, veto Atreides. Ooh, v- <laughs> yeah, veto for vendetta. Hmm. Mine was better than what you said. Yeah, but it was. That's, it was. Right. It was. <laughs> well, although actually, I mean, yours is vendetta is like you know vengeance. Right? Yeah. So that so I don't know. They're both good. They're both okay. They're both great. By the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's um talk about the first two chapters of the Hobbit. Let's jump into Here our Hobbit go. hole. <laughs> You getting ornery over there, bud? A little bit. <laughs> Chapter one. Uh, in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. It's the yeah. opening line. Very, very famous opening line right there. Um, oh, and my text. Actually, sorry. Um, you know, you're you're calling it the Hobbit, and I'm that's I'm okay with that. You know, but um, there is another title that you could use instead. Um, so, or, so or from now on, back again. so, so from now on, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm not going to be calling it the Hobbit. I think that's a dumb name. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be right. calling it there and back again. Just okay. to let you, just so yeah. you're not confused. I'm not going to refer okay. to it as the Hobbit. I think <laughs> okay. that's dumb. That's a character okay. in the book. It's not the name. Of the book. <laughs> I think I will. Well, I mean the Hobbit, it's, I mean, that's the character. Is it, is it a, yeah, he's called the Hobbit. Well, it's, not, it's not his name. He's called. He's, they call him the Hobbit. <laughs> All right. I mean, okay, I do. So yeah, I mean, it yeah. refers to Bilbo. Yeah. Bilbo is the Hobbit, right? So. Yes. So let's dive into the first chapter of there and back again. Okay. So we, we get a we get a little bit into uh, life around the hill, as they call it. Um, Bilbo meets Gandalf, and invites him for tea the following day when a bunch of dwarves show up instead. Um, and Gandalf's kind of bringing up the rear. He does show up in the ends. And they explain their plans for adventure and how Bilbo fits into all of this. So that's our general summary. I have plenty of notes to talk about, and I think there's already... Uh, I mean, it's a pretty cool opening chapter and we get a lot of information pretty quick yeah um yeah. a lot of history so, so i don't know if there's a place where you'd like to start but that's actually there that's is a place where i can start and that's yes, right Josh. before the chapter i'm wondering if your copies have a forward section that's only a page in my book uh where it's kind of explaining the language in the book a little bit yeah the runes the runic symbols yeah um we don't read the the glossaries or the well, no well, glossary not- it's not a glossary, but it does it does have this note on the text, which yes, I did yes. read. Okay, just making sure. Um, I didn't there's a read reason. It. There's a reason for why uh, he spe- in this story dwarves and dwarvish is spelled with a V instead of an F, mm-hmm. like was apparently proper English back a hundred years ago. Uh, but that reason is in the Lord of the Rings three four fifteen, which I think means uh, 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 the Return of the King. But I'm not certain. But uh, um, 
I got a Wait, little footnote. What's the last mine. thing you said? There's a little footnote in mine. Yes. And it's it's ta- it's referring to uh, in the story dwarves and dwarvish are used with a V instead of an F. Yes. And the, the the footnote says the reason for this is for this use is given in the Lord of the Rings, comma Roman numeral three, comma four fifteen. Oh yes, yes, yes. Nope, I, I do. So see I that. assume that's page four fifteen of of Return of the King, but I can't be certain right now. Gotcha. I do see that too. Um, uh, I, well, well, one thing I want to say in response to that because I feel like your understanding is that this is put in here as um, as like uh, an update for modern readers and like, hey, this is how the language has changed. But that's not no, what this is. No, I don't. I, I don't think I was trying to say that. I think I was trying to. I was making sure you guys had the same part of the book. It's censorship, plain all. and simple. But censorship. Uh, no, this isn't like Reagan getting knocked out of Young <laughs> Zayfon plays it safe. We're, this is more of like, did you guys get that little bit of context before we started about how yes. the language works? And I, I got a little into conlangs or con, uh, constructed languages uh, about a year and a half ago. And that's kind of what Dwarvish and Runes and Elvish are in, in this. Is, usually held up as as examples. Is that what Conolingus is? Con- Conoling? No, Conoling? that no. is not. Okay. Damn, you uh, are one ornery mother effer, dude. You are yeah, you are that. off your rocker tonight. Uh, so I, I just, I find the language notes interesting. Uh, and they only take up a page, so it's not that, that much. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it, it, it is interesting, but... What I find most interesting about it is is less about um I mean it it's remarkable what what Tolkien accomplishes um right. and and how oh. in depth his his languages are but I mean like yeah. this and I I sorry I remember where I was going with that <laughs> um I think what this page is meant to be is kind of a note to the publisher of like hey I didn't screw up the spelling stop trying to edit things from what I didn't write um, I remember hearing that story somewhere some time ago, but I could be wrong. Could be misremembering. I mean, maybe so. And I think there's a lot of a lot of information that you can find out there about all of this. So, um, I guess another thing to mention is like, you know, so much scholarly and academic work has been done specifically on the Lord of the Rings, and and even yeah. more specifically on Tolkien himself, like. It's insane. Um, that's not what chapter chumps is, just for the record. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not fact-checking things. Like, this is basically just, like, three chumps just fucking having a discussion. So, so yeah. this is all largely our, our interpretations. Um, but, but all that's to say, Josh, um, my, my interpretation of this here is actually that this is... Um, and what I think what makes this, like, singular page so interesting, I think it's trying to insert... The, the Hobbit, like this is a framing device where when you pick this story up, The Hobbit, or there and back again, Connor, I don't want you to Thank get you. I was, yeah, um, I didn't know what you meant by that. Just what, what book are we talking about? Um, it's saying that this is like a historical account. Yep. That, that, uh, that, that this is something that occurred in like, you know, mythic history. Um, and so, like, it wasn't even written in English, right? It's like when people translated the Bible. It's like, you know, it's something older than, than English, the way we know it. And so, like, things are inevitably going to be adapted, and, and some things will be changed or lost. Um, 
But I, I, yeah. I feel like immediately, you know, Tolkien is kind of inviting you to um, believe that the story's real, I guess. Yeah, suspend disbelief and yeah. set. It's the beginning of the world building. Yes. Uh, although in my, my version, there's even more right before that that is literal world building, which is, uh, we'll get to exactly what it is later, but it's the map that is mentioned in this chapter, I think. Mm-hmm. You have it too? Excellent. Good. Yes, I do too. I do. So you're holding it up. You're holding it correctly. I was holling it uh, north up. Yeah, north dwarf, dwarf up. side up. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was another uh, funny, a, funny bit. I didn't find it funny. I found it an interesting little like tidbit about their culture is that they, they see east, the direction presumably the sun rises from, as, as the top of the map. Um, and we're so ingrained with north is up that anything else seems kind of silly to us, but it's just, that's just a cultural difference. There's, there's no real meaning for it one way or the other. It's just a convention. True enough, Josh. So that's all I had before this chapter. Why don't we dive into the chapter itself? Yeah. Um, Connor, what did you think? It sounds like you pretty much got through most of this today on Tolkien's birthday. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but I, I mean, like you haven't tried to read this before. I don't know what like your, uh, if, if you had any like preconceived notions of what you were getting into and how that matched up with like these chapters that you found yourself reading. I'm curious uh, how you felt going through this first chapter. Yeah. You know, I am. Um, I, I was a little bit like, hesitant i guess to start you know i i had been preparing for starting this for some time obviously mentally um because i it's i i mean i i was just hung up on it's such a fucking just a massive amount of work especially if we keep on reading to the lord of the rings which we don't we haven't voted on yet we're going to yeah but we will we're going to take a vote and you know i mean i do have a veto so we'll we'll see okay but i I do too so see how you can veto my veto Okay. Um, so, yeah. I mean, this is I, only 317 pages. Um, of what, I think Hitchhikers was about 800 all told, the whole franchise. I, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to read these books faster in some ways, given the chapter chunks we're breaking them into. Like, we're not getting any two-page chapter chapters here. Right. Um, but but anyways, I don't mean to interrupt you, Connor. Go on. Um, yeah, I so w- when I started reading... I mean, last night, even that, even with me not feeling great, um, I, I don't know. It, it, it really sucked me in, and um, yeah, it, it felt like I was in, in the world, and I, I immediately, you know, it felt like it was fun and quaint, and like didn't take itself super seriously, but um, made me, you know, want to learn more about the world and the people and i mean right away like uh uh bilbo and and gandalf are are great together um so so yeah i i i was happily surprised yeah yeah gandalf's a bit of a pedantic fuck though yeah definitely gandalf (laughs) is uh, he definitely has some um what cosmic elf vibes right yes cosmic imp a bit of uh Oh, Cosmic Imp, thank you. I guess I'm just thinking Lord of the Rings, sorry guys. Cosmic <laughs> Imp. Uh, he like absolutely does. Reference there for you. Yeah. Um, so he, I think he kind of delights in like just 
being a bit of a pedantic fuck, as Josh put it, which I, I think is a good <laughs> description of him. But to you his know. credit, Bilbo just kind of ran with it when when Gandalf's like, "Do you mean it's a good morning, as in like everything is good today, or like it is a morning where you you wish it to be good, or something like that?" Bilbo's just kind of like, "Yeah, all of that." Right. <laughs> yeah, Bilbo's pretty awesome. Um, that's the one thing that I I really latched onto in this first chapter was just like, I was worried that I wouldn't like Bilbo um, because I kind of know, or I kind of get the portrayal of hobbits in the movies. And I, I know I'm the one who said, I'm not really going to get into this, but you know, it's like they're, they're charming and they're, they're quaint, you know? Um, But I, I didn't really know what it would be like to have like a hobbit. I don't know to be following a character like Bilbo, essentially. Um, but I was, like, really, really enamored with um, just how how reluctant he is to get pulled into this adventure, but at the same time, like, he's also kind of fighting this other part of his nature. I think it's, like, a really interesting wrinkle because I think it would be easy to make Bilbo just be a coward who just wants to, like, you know fuck around all day and blow smoke rings or whatever. But like there really is a part of him that feels like he wants more, you know, and he's, yeah, he's hesitant to, to grab it. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like that's something a lot of people can relate to. I mean, myself included, like, I think usually like my day to day life is pretty fucking boring. Um, and it always feels like there's just like maybe something like just, just on the periphery of your vision, you know, if you only turn your head, um, but that's like the scary part. And this is a story of someone who, who goes for that. And I, I think that's really cool. I think Bilbo's a really great point of view character. And, and this is a really cool opening for him. Your window, but you just never know. I, yeah. Famous. That song is about the Hobbit. Yeah. So, and also, I mean, parallels to Arthur much. Yes. From the hitchhiker's guides of the galaxy. Yes. And I mean, the same guy played the guy in the movie. <laughs> they really got the perfect guy. They got the perfect guy. It's like sometimes you get typecast, but it's kind of just like, yeah, but like that, that's what you're best at, you know? Exactly, yeah. That that that's his thing. He is that character. He he is the the reluctant, you know, shy but lovable kind of you know, straight man who gets pulled into an extraordinary situation and, and learns about himself, you know, along yeah. the way. Yeah. And there are, um, some specific instances where I think he acts so much like Arthur, where I, I think I took a couple <laughs> notes of that. I think Josh is smiling because maybe he did too. I don't know. Um, uh, I tried to take notes. I completely failed yesterday. It was just, I was so out of it yesterday. I, when I was reading that, uh, I fell asleep multiple times, most of which were during the third chapter, which I found out when we talked that I wasn't supposed to read anyway. So. Oh, yeah. And now yeah. we're going to skip um, that one because it's boring and nothing happens. No, but, no, it doesn't work that uh, way. I Sorry, a, buddy. I got a veto. Yeah. So. But, yeah, no, my I when we were speaking yes, yesterday about our plans, uh, you mentioned that you had some notes about uh, comparing the two books we've read so far, about this part of The Hobbit and The Hitchhiker's Guide, and I was... 90% sure you were going to mention that Bilbo feels a lot like Arthur Death. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he absolutely does. Um, in the best way, because Arthur was great, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he really, really grew into um, 
you know, uh, just a more self. It was so cool to see his journey of like, um, I, I guess, like literally finding his way in the universe, you know, in the end. Um, we'll see how this goes for Bilbo. There's kind of like an opening part of the opening line where it's like, um, you know, oh, well, whether or not Bilbo figures anything out, like, I guess that's up for you to decide or like Tolkien kind of writes something a little cheeky where it's like, uh, you know, he's going to go on an adventure and it's like, Ben, and what does he get from that? It's like, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> you got to read it and find out. Um, so, yeah. Um, I liked what Connor was saying about Bilbo and Gandalf specifically because they're a great pair. Um, obviously, Gandalf is just such a larger than life character. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just love Gandalf. More like a larger talking than about, character. Talking about character. I mean, like. Sir Ian McKellen, who who plays him in the movie, I, I can't. I I kind of wish that there was like more descriptions of these characters in a way, other than like what cloaks they're wearing, so I could kind of piece my own mental picture together a bit better. But until that happens, it's like, well, Gandalf is Ian McKellen. That's that's mm. it. And and <laughs> um and yeah, their their back and forth is pretty funny. Um, I do think that Gandalf seems a little bit. I don't want to say less wise, but it, you know. He he's he is a little goofier than um, I guess I was expecting initially, but I've also always heard that The Hobbit is a bit more of um, like a children's fantasy story as opposed to The Lord of the Rings, which kind of make an effort to be a bit more serious in tone. Um, so I, but I'm, I'm gonna, this might I'm be a dumb stop. question. This might be a dumb question. Yeah. Is is The Hobbit really? Did, was it written first, actually? It was. It was? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was the Lord of the Rings in, planned? What, what, like, were they being written concurrently or anything? No, 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 no. So, um, all good questions. And actually, my copy is the 70th anniversary edition of The Hobbit. And there's a foreword written by Christopher Tolkien, um, one of um, his sons, where he talks about the stories that his father would tell about how he first came up with the idea of The Hobbit, the process of getting it published, and what that was like. Um, and so The Hobbit was published in 1937. It's 86 years old. And Tolkien was... Um, that means that he was... Uh, let's see. Um... 45 years old at the time of it being published. Um, and The Lord of the Rings, if I'm not mistaken, which I could be, I'm pretty sure weren't published until about 1951. Um, because essentially what happens is he had the idea for The Hobbit while he was grading papers. So he says he was a teacher. Um, wrote down a little sentence on like a piece of paper, forgot about, never forgot about it, but didn't even start writing anything right away. Like this, the, it's a process that takes years and years and years. Um, yeah. And uh, so essentially after he goes through the process of publishing it, which is kind of, it's almost a, a, a an ongoing story he would tell his children. Um, he actually crafts it into a written work, sends it off to be published, goes through that process. And then The Hobbit is a huge hit publishers immediately are like we need a sequel to the hobbit like where is there and back again 2000 you know like you know <laughs> so essentially tolkien is like okay yeah um 
I want to do that, but I have a lot to think about. Like, he was deep in his own lore. And I'm pretty sure The Fellowship of the Ring is published in 1951, 14 years later. Wow. Yeah. Long time. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think I'm right based off. I, I could look it up immediately and just know from the internet, but... Um, but but anyways, I'm not gonna do that because it's my fucking podcast. We don't so. fact check on this podcast. <laughs> we already said that. I don't give a shit. We say whatever the um, fuck we want. We're yeah. like Joe Rogan. <laughs> I, I mean J.R.R. Tolkien. J.R.R. Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so there you go. No. Um, in fact, another thing that I learned is that there are small bits of The Hobbit. And maybe I'll mention this more, but but particularly uh, one chapter in particular that was changed after the Lord of the Rings was published in order to more closely tie this story with the Lord of the Rings, and those changes are almost definitely in all the versions that we're reading. So, um, uh, yeah, what's the copy date online? So yeah, so there you go. But yeah, nice. it's it's really fascinating. It's it's. I don't know. There's just so much to it. It's it's crazy how um, how in depth the lore of the universe is, and like how in depth the lore of like the creation of it is at the same time as well. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot to it. Looks like my copy is from at least '97. Yeah. Um, well. Don't worry. I don't think we have anything to worry about. We should all be reading essentially the same version of The Hobbit. Right. Um, I'll make sure you guys have the same pictures that my book has, though. I guess uh, I'm just going to jump around just a handful of things here in the first chapter, and then we'll move on to our second one. I don't even know how long we've been talking at this point. Um, Almost an hour. I thought it was interesting that (laughs) it says on page one, it says the Baggins are mostly rich. And I was like... Frodo's a Nepo baby? <laughs> Pulling it all together. Um, oh, interesting. So your your chapter one starts on page one? Um, I'm not sure that it does, actually. Uh, I don't know. Mine starts see. on page nine. Mine starts uh, on page three. Mine starts on page three. Yes, page one is the runic stuff that you were talking about for me, Josh. Page three is an unexpected party, just like Connor's saying. I... So the first numbered page is page 10, and that's the second page of chapter one. Mm. And let's see, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. So page one for me is literally just The Hobbit. Just yeah. like the title page. There's one leaf of paper between that and the cover. And then there's the real title page that's got like this the is there or text there and back again. Or there and back again, yes, and it's got the one of the drawings on it. And then we got the copyright page, the con- table of contents, the map, which takes up two pages, then the, the runic stuff, then chapter one on page nine. So mm. we're going to have trouble with our uh, our page numbers, I think, down the road. That's okay. I mean, I'll, I guess, mention my pages because that's just how I take my notes, but uh, yep. it probably won't relate to your copy then, Josh. Okay. Um, on that note, the, actually, we were talking about like uh, similarities between uh, Hitchhikers and The Hobbit and Arthur and Bilbo. On page 11 of my copy, 
this is once the dwarves start coming in. Um, there's this line. It says, this was the most awkward Wednesday he could ever remember. And uh, I just thought that was like the perfect Thursday equivalence in the Lord of the Rings universe. Yep. Definitely. Bag of Thursdays. So that, that got a chuckle out of me. Um, the dwarves themselves coming in was funny. I mean, like they're all kind of like... Uh, you you get that like juxtaposition, right? Like Bilbo's like the oh uh, oh excuse me, sir, blah blah blah. Where's my manners? And they're all just like busting in and demanding food and getting drunk like immediately <laughs> and not even like really saying why they're there. It like, was like us at Josh's house for New Year's Eve. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. We are Biffering well, Bofer. No, you were invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I just acted like a dwarf once I was there. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then, uh, oh, oh, that's right. Actually, there's one more Hitchhiker's Note I have to mention since we're on the topic. Okay. For me, this was page 18. And um, Bilbo's talking about... Bilbo's talking about his his uh, family ancestry. Yeah. And so there's, there's this little non sequitur here. It says, if you have ever seen a dragon in a pinch, you will realize... That this was a poetical exaggeration applied to any hobbit, even to old Took's great-granduncle, Bullroarer, who was so huge for a hobbit that he could ride a horse. He charged the ranks of the goblins of Mount Graham in the Battle of the Green Fields and knocked their king, uh, Gullfimble's head, clean off of the wooden club. It sailed a hundred yards through the air and went down a rabbit hole, and in this way, the battle was won and the game of golf invented at the same moment. And I was like, that literally could have been written by Douglas Adams. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Uh, the only real note that I took, I flagged at least, was actually on what you, my page 10, probably your page two. Um, what was the part? It, it was something about the way that the books, that the story started. This is the story of how a Baggins had an adventure and found himself mm. doing things that were altogether unexpected. Um, he may have lost the neighbor's respect, but he gained... Well, you'll see whether he gained anything in the end. That mm. part yeah. actually reminded me a bit of Adams' writing, where he would just kind of blurt out what's going to happen. Uh, like when they when they were uh, about to get hit by the missiles, and he goes, well, just make sure no one's too stressed. Uh, no one's going to get hurt, but somebody's going to sprain an arm, and to keep the air mystery, we're not going to tell you who sprained their arm. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Not quite, it's not quite the same level with Tolkien here, uh, but when I was starting reading yesterday, that was what jumped out at me immediately, and enough to be like, oh, I'll put a note there, and then I never bothered to put a note anywhere else since. <laughs> no, I, I like that you brought that up, because... You know, when I was mentioning how I, I feel like the book reads a lot smoother than I was expecting, I think a large part of that is Tolkien's narration because it feels very, um, like, warm and, and personal and, mm -hmm. like, he's guiding you through the story. Like, he, he himself is the narrator, you know? Um, and it does feel a lot like Adams. So, like, immediately I'm like, is this just, like, a, a British thing, you know? But... It's it's kind of like when we were talking about the Manny Picnic Dream Girl, and it's like where does that where does that begin? Where you know where does that start? How, how did it happen? You know, at the same time, right. it's like well, I, I have a hard time believing necessarily for as much as Tolkien offered to the world of literature. Like I have a hard time believing that he he also single handedly just created the style of writing. Um, yeah, there there probably was a a trend of like narration like this that he's just one in a in a line of. Um, 
But I think Adams kind of carries the torch for that. It's it's <laughs> something that I, I guess maybe I this makes me feel like I appreciate it a bit more in retrospect. You don't know what you got till it's gone, you know. Yeah. True. True that. But um, but yeah, the, I don't know. I I didn't feel like this was. Uh, it didn't feel like a 1937 book to me. Is all I'm saying because I, I feel like there's there's moments like that or or moments like um, the golf thing or even in chapter two. I think I have a note or two I, I wanted to point out that I I just feel like um, it makes the writing feel a bit more like not even necessarily modern, but like just smoother. Um, I think it's even something like it kind of makes me think of like when I was a kid and I read uh, a few of the Lemony Snicket series of unfortunate events books, you know, it's like something about having the narrator kind of guide you through the story and, and kind of give you these pieces, you know, a little bit outside of the perspective of the characters d- does, I, I guess it's like a bit of that fourth wall breaking that I guess it does make it feel a little modern because that's so popular now as well. Um, but I think he does it like really subtly in the great effect. That was definitely one of my my big takeaways. From yeah, this especially time. when when there's like a freeze frame when when all the uh, dwarves are fucking shit up at at the Hobbit's house. Right. There's a freeze frame. And he's like, I bet you're wondering how I got into this mess. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, that's how it begins. So that was a really great that that one really surprised me. Um, but I mean, what can you say? You know. No, I mean, I I I, I do I I do. Um, agree with you and and it it I, I think it just it makes for a very easy breezy couple of chapters um it's it's very readable um there's <clears throat> there's still more yet i can mention here I, i'm not going to because i'd like to get to the second chapter but just things i want to throw out there that i thought were interesting um thorin's <sighs> When, when they're going over the plans for, uh, you know, going on the adventure and getting all the, the treasure back from Smaug, or Smog, the dragon, um, essentially Thorin, who's like the king leader of the dwarves, he's like, how do you, Gandalf, have my father's map? And Thorin's father... <sighs> Are you saying Thorn or Thorin? Thor, sorry, Thorin. Okay. The, so in the present of the story, right? Thorin, Thorin's father. Those are two different guys, right? Yeah, Thoror. Thoror is his grandfather. Yes. And Thorin's father had Thoror's map, his father's, <laughs> which I know it's going to sound, but none of that shit really matters. All of the these names... Is, all, all of the names mean nothing to me. They're all just that's, fucking dwarves. That that's fine because none of the dwarves really have much character to them. They're they're almost yeah. like the like the the dwarves from fucking you know Snow White, and they just have like <laughs> silly names and their one character trait. And it's like that's what I do. I'm the I'm the guy who makes the fires. That's just me. I'm that dwarf. Um, I don't know if anything's going to change there. It doesn't matter. Um, anyways, uh, Gandalf says that his father gave him the map a hundred years ago. So it just seems like, uh, dwarves are very long lived is, is really what I got from that. Yeah. Um, A lot of characters in Lord of the Rings are long lived. 
right. very long lived. So, I mean, not only is there like an interesting history to the whole thing with the map because his father was like trapped by the necromancer and then Thorin's like, what? Blah, blah, we should maybe do something. It's like, no, we're not going to go fight the fucking necromancer right now, buddy. We got a plan. But just the, I don't, I mean, who is the necromancer? Like, what is, is this going to matter? I don't, I I don't know. know. I don't Um, know. It, but it's just one of those things, like, I understand, or, or one of the things I was expecting coming in The Lord of the Rings is just a ton of lore, and it, it's like, even just the acquisition of this map, it's like, oh, yes, your father's father, who blah, 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 and did this, and then your father lost his mind going to battle the Necromancer, and they gave me the map a hundred years, a century ago, and it's like, dude, you know, you're just writing about how you got the map. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's like a little story for everything. Um, Truly last thing that I want to say, and then I'll I'll open the floor back up. I don't mean to take it all up. um, No, it's fine. I guess, so we were talking about, it's Tolkien's 131st birthday today. And The Hobbit was published in 1937, making it 86 years old. And so, at the time of the publishing, Tolkien himself was 45. Um, And so, there's two things there. One, Tolkien makes a note of the fact that um, Bilbo is roughly middle-aged, he calls him. Um, He says he has 50s, right? Yeah. Yes. That's the note that I have down. But I don't know if he says exactly. But yeah, he's... Yes. Um, And so, one, I kind of took it as like... Bilbo as a bit of a self-insert character for Tolkien. Um, and the adventure that Tolkien, of course, is going on is essentially changing the entire trajectory of his life forever, you know. And he doesn't realize how much at the time. But, um, of course, he comes to, you know. And Oops. and so, like, to even... To, to, to essentially go, like, your entire life. Like, I can't even imagine being 45, even though that's not... That far, not that <laughs> far away. Amazingly, amazingly, not that far. Um, I'm not that close either, but it's not that far. Um, but you know, essentially, Tolkien lived like his entire life and and had a career as an educator. Um, writing was just something that he did on the side, you know. And he mm-hmm. just like happened to be friends with like C.S. Lewis and all this other crazy shit. But like, it's just something that he just like did, you know. <laughs> Um, and the fact that it was able to become what it did at this stage in his life, um, I, I guess I just find it like really inspiring. You know, it's, he never, it's not like your life is over at any point, you know? And I think this is a really great example of, um, showing that to be true, you know, like there's never any point where it's like, you can't make art anymore or where your art doesn't have value or, or doesn't matter. And, um, I think Bilbo is like a bit of Tolkien in the story and also that the story of Tolkien making Lord of the Rings is is like the story of that, you know, of of art being for everyone and for anyone and, and made by anyone as well. So um, it's it's just really cool that he was able to do that the, the way that he did. And I, I find yeah. that to be like really, really inspiring to read about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I know. I, I couldn't agree more. That's what it's all about. Um 
And it you know it's it pays off to have famous friends too. Oh yeah, I mean I'm. I, I don't think Tolkien was really ever just like some guy necessarily, but like he wasn't a writer, you know, not not to the scale that he became. Oh no, at that point, so <laughs> no, it's 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 very very cool, and and uh, yeah yeah, you know I, I I think you should be able to be creatively ambitious at any age, you know. Yes, it's always possible. Absolutely. Awesome. Is there anything else we want to mention about chapter one? I feel like we've talked about a lot of things and there definitely is still more we could say, but um, how do you two feel? Um, I, don't know, I, I, I enjoyed the story a lot. Um, there's a lot of details that come in right away. And uh, like you were saying, it's uh, you, you can be creative and at any stage in your life. And I've, I think I've hit that kind of, stride recently myself and i was i was reading the first chapter like holy shit he's getting through so much in like the first chapter and it's just uh trying to compare what i've been attempting to this is going to be difficult because that's not something i should do at this stage (laughs) no (laughs) um but it's uh but you still try to learn from it and it's uh, it's impressive how much he gets through it. I mean, it's he introduces Bag End, he uh, introduces Bilbo and who he is, uh, as well as Gandalf, and then he just throws in 14 more dwarves, one of who is apparently the rightful king of this lonely mountain, uh, and they're going off to... Uh, uh, we get the whole thing with the map, and they're they're off to... To uh, uh, recover their lost gold and, and kingdom from this marauding dragon, and also Bilbo, you're coming along because Gandalf says you're a good burglar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Bilbo's What's more, like, uh, the, excuse me. The most impressive thing about that is, you know, he he does. That's a lot coming at you right away, and, and, and he does a song. Yeah, he writes a whole song. Yeah, <laughs> but he does it so well. You know, like yeah. so many writers just, you know, they do the, the info dump thing and you're like, oh God, I'm just it's bogged down by all the who's who and what's what and where are we? But, yep. but yeah, like I mean, me. he, he does it so organically. It, yeah. Not only that, I don't know about your copies, but my copy has illustrations. Yes. And he drew all those and they're really good. I like, have an illustration of the hill and Hobbiton across the water. Yeah. That's my first one after the map. Yeah. And then my next illustration is... Um, the Trolls and the Fire? Yes, the Trolls and the Fire. And that's yep, I, yeah. a very different style. So that, It is, but I, it, it's my understanding that he also did all the art. Which... Like, so, those aren't other people. Yeah, that's no. what he did. Oh, you know, that's uh, I'd call like a wood carving. Whereas the uh, the Hobbit Town one is more of a watercolor. So yeah, two different styles in a well written book. That's that's very impressive. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to mention, Josh. I like what you were saying about like all the things that um that Tolkien accomplishes in the first chapter, and you're right to do so. But I think one of the one of the things that allows him to pull this trick as skillfully as he does is um, 
You know, it kind of makes me think about the way that um, George Lucas talks about Star Wars, and he's like, well, uh, it's, you know, it, it's for kids. It's always been meant for kids. But, like, The Hobbit is, is was kind of made to, to be, like, um, a modern-day children's fairy tale. And, and not to say that that, like, makes it necessarily any, you know, less worthwhile than the higher forms of literature. But, like, I, I think that, like, what I mean by that, you know, and I think Tolkien, like, very obviously knew how to work within that medium. And it's like, he doesn't introduce yeah. 13 dwarves and each one is, like, immediately, like, a well-rounded and intriguing character. Like, they're all fucking caricatures. They're not really people at all they're little storybook dwarves you know and they all have yeah. their one little thing like and it's, it's usually just the color of the hood yes so it's like i i i completely agree with you but i, I think it's interesting because i think he's able to do so much in a way because like he understands the tone of the story that he's telling so well and he doesn't take it so seriously where you're like, who are all these fucking guys coming over for dinner? It's, you know, you're just like, yeah, it's yep. the dwarves. Like, yeah. cool. <laughs> the only one you really got to pay attention to is Thorin. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Any other, like, you know, more more grounded story would be like, what, 14 characters back to back? What are you doing? But like, you know, here it's just <laughs> like it's part of the, the whimsy of it. Um, exactly. Which is cool, you know. I uh, I really dig it. Yeah. So, okay. Chapter two. Chapter two. Um. So chapter two. This so after they go through the plan, Bilbo's like, "All right, you know, we should all go to sleep, whatever." Bilbo. The next day, Bilbo wakes up alone in his Hobbit hole. He's relieved. That uh, it seems to him he's been left behind from all the adventuring, but Gandalf returns and he's like, "Hey, we left you a note, dude. Like, what are you doing?" So, yeah, Bilbo scrambles to make it on time to the inn where the dwarves are waiting, and they set off on their adventure for real. And then early on, during a rainstorm, they look for shelter. They they see like a nearby fire. They can't make their own fire, and they see someone else's. They're like, "Okay, let's go there." But the fire's being tended by trolls. Uh, who capture the dwarves, and they're ultimately rescued by Gandalf's clever wizardry or trickery. Um, yep. And then they gather their spoils and continue on. Yeah, pretty straightforward chapter. Um, yeah. But it covers literally months of, of adventure. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bilbo just is, is cleaning up his, his hobbit hole after the, the party. The dinner the, the dinner the night before and uh i i think gandalf points out they left the note under the clock because they expected him to dust under the clock like first thing and bill yes. was like what made you assume that <laughs> i've been so busy with all the dishes um and yeah he, he basically runs off he complains about not having his handkerchief and then i think tolkien mentions that gandalf comes by with like a thousand uh, pocket handkerchiefs after that yeah uh then they they lose a horse in a river when they try to ford a river or a pony mm -hmm. rather and all this all the food supplies on it and that's why they were really like going for that fire is because like well if they have food we need the we could use some that's right that's true they're desperate um and he mentions bilbo kind of enjoys it at first mm-hmm 
and then it's after the rain really starts and i think it's end of may uh getting to getting on towards june that's when it uh he really starts to sour on it and i, I think he mentions uh he's like grumbling in the back of the line and the doors are just kind of ignoring him at this point because he's just complaining the whole time uh yeah and then the the bit with the trolls was fun it's not my favorite part honestly um I don't know why. It, I I get it's a good little scene, and I like how the trolls are ultimately defeated. But something about it, like the doors seem really incompetent mm-hmm. in, in this chapter. They just kind of bumble into the... They, they go looking for Bilbo, because Bilbo doesn't know how to signal them like they told him to. <laughs> that was really funny, yeah. Um, and they just kind of bumble into the clearing one by one and get snatched up by the trolls, who, through their language in the book, are not the brightest in the world. Right. Uh, and, and then it's proven further when Gandalf shows up to rescue them. And it's just, the dwarves are like in sacks with their legs poking out, wiggling around like a, like a comical cartoon. Uh, and Gandalf's just like, every time the, the, the trolls are about to decide what to do, how to eat the dwarves, he just kind of fakes one of their voices to start the argument up again. until the sun comes up and turns them back to stone. Yeah. So it was straightforward. I don't know why I don't like the trolls themselves that much, but I like how they get defeated. I think is what yeah. I'm trying to say here. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, especially with the dwarves. Like he mentions Biffer and Bofer put up a fight, but he doesn't write about it. So you don't get any like, um, yeah, you know, description or understanding of that. And then I, I think that might be because then when Thorin comes in, they kind of talk about him fighting back. He, he's, yeah, he hits one of them in the eye. And the, another in the teeth. Right. So kind of like then, you're saying, the only dwarf you really need to pay attention to is like Thorin and all the other ones are like, eh, whatever. So they give Thorin something yeah. to do here, but then he gets captured anyways. So yeah. Yeah. But he's the, he's the best one. <laughs> I almost said a big spoiler, but I remembered Connor hasn't read all the way. Yeah, not, not much else to say. From uh, there's not much else that I have to say about the chapter. Quite honestly, um, nothing really stood out. And it honestly, this is the part where I started falling asleep a bit more. <laughs> yeah, because I was just so dead tired yesterday. Oops. What did you make of this uh, chapter, Connor? You have any thoughts you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I you know I liked that he uh, that Bilbo couldn't couldn't get away. You know, he he was sucked into the adventure, and he's still kind of going back. And I mean, you know, one of the things that we we didn't really mention is um, Bilbo's like ancestry, I guess, right? And like why? Oh yeah. Why um, <clears throat> why he's being selected um, mm-hmm. to join this journey? Um, by uh, Gandalf, and and it's because um, uh, on was it his mom's or dad's side. His mom's, his mom's side. I think, the Took side. The Took side. Yeah. Um, they're kind of adventurous, and and uh, you know, one of them was a great buddy of of Gandalf, or mul- mm-hmm. multiple of them. I don't know. He, Gandalf is very old, um, but so so he's kind of like fighting himself you know he's he's kind of at war inside his head between the the took side and the bag inside i guess um yeah yep. and uh so so he, he kind of he just keeps on swinging back and forth like 
the entire time, you know, he's, he's like, oh, I should have stayed home. I should have stayed home. Then, then he's like, oh, well, I, I could do that, you know, do this. And he, he tries his hand and that, yeah, you know, burgling. And, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously it, it doesn't really, uh, it goes really wrong, obviously, with the trolls. Yeah. Um, yep. but I, I really like that aspect of, uh, you know, he, he's, he's not suddenly this, this adventurer. He's still kind of going back and forth in his head. And, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of like reading that in real time. And, um, I love how Gandalf comes back and, and, you know, manipulates the trolls in the end. I think that was, that was a great thrill for me. Yep. Did, did Gandalf explain where he went when they were on the ponies? In the shop yeah, yeah. Shop he district. he says that he goes on ahead because he was like scouting the road, yep. and he's also worried that they didn't have enough supplies. So he talks to Elrond, and nope, uh, a couple of elf friends who work for Elrond. Okay, gotcha. Okay, right, not Elrond himself. It's, right, a couple of elf friends, um, some elf buddies. You know, <laughs> he goes looking for some elf help. Um, do, do they have any elf help books? <laughs> He needs some help with this shelf. Yeah. He's trying to build. So, no, they, they do mention that. Um, to, what, to what Connor was saying about, uh, you know, how he likes that, like, Bilbo tries to, you know, tries his hand at, at burglary. He's like, well, this is what they want me to do, so let's give it a shot. Like, I'm here. I really actually thought this was going to be, like, an early opportunity for him to prove, like... Hey, you know, you you brought me here, and I'm not just some loser, you know. And I actually, yep. I'm gonna be the one to to help you guys out, and you're gonna see that I have my own like unique skills to offer. Um, and then he completely fucks up, and everyone's like, "What the fuck, man? You just had to hoot. Like that's all you had to do. You can't. He literally, <laughs> literally cannot hoot. He doesn't even know how." He can't did try to tell him he, he didn't know, but they yes. just kind of shoot him away to get started <laughs> before he could tell them. He's not a hooter. Yeah, no hooter. I feel like that's another great, like, Arthur, uh, like, just, like, overly mm -hmm. uh, bumbling, polite British mannerism. Like, he can't even say that he can't do what they're asking him to do, you know? Like, he, all he has to do is say he can't hoot, but he, he just does not have like the ability to to do that to interrupt um, and correct yes, somebody yes exactly right exactly it, it's it's strictly about not wanting to interrupt yeah like um so it was it was really funny like there was some great great comedic uh timing in that chapter definitely but and then i thought about i was like yeah of course he's not going to do it like this is the second chapter like why why would now be the time it's like if he proves himself now how does that factor into the the structure of the story like um it, it doesn't destroy anything but i was like yeah why did i think that this was gonna like go well for him like he's been out of the house for like fucking not long you know this is his first go of it um mm -hmm. but yeah I, I also like how gandalf comes back um it's cool that he he tricks them i was kind of thinking like they keep saying that the voices sound just like the other trolls so yeah I don't know if this is a dumb question, but, like, is Gandalf just a really good impersonator, or is this magic? Could be a bit of both. Yeah. I, I like to think... I, I would like to think it's a bit of both, actually. Because, uh, I mean, the trolls have... You can tell by the way they're written. They have very simple uh, uh, language skills. Um, and I... 
it, it, you know what it actually reminds me of is Obi-Wan impersonating the crate dragon in A New Hope. Mm. Yeah, that's a really great... The, uh, the old man comes and scares away the, uh, the, the, the antagonist of the scene uh, using audio tricks. But it, in A New Hope, Obi-Wan is basically... He's using some of the force to like amplify the sound, but most of the sound is just him mm. making it naturally. So, I I I want to say that's probably what Gandalf's doing is he's he's probably making some of the noise, but or some of the sounds, and using just a little bit of magic to make it sound like it's coming from this one troll, or just change the tone just a little bit more to make it a little mm. more realistic. So. I think he, yeah, I like that. I think he's doing it himself, but using magic to throw his voice a bit more. Right. No, that that makes sense. Um. Yeah, and then after the trolls are turned to stone, they're like, "Well, they must have a cave because otherwise they would just get turned to stone." Always. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then that I, part of the. I thought it was kind of funny because, um, you know, they they look through all their shit. They find that there's gold, and then they're like, oh, we got to, like, bury this in case we ever come back here and get the gold. And my <laughs> first impression was, like, I don't I don't know if they're ever going to write about them coming back here. Like, it doesn't seem like it. I'm like, this is exactly how a Dungeons & Dragons party behaves. <laughs> Down to a T. Like, well, you know, they go into the cave. They find the barrels. The... You know, the DM is like, don't don't worry about that shit. They're like, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to take these. We are going to roll them out of the cave. We're going to find a place to... <laughs> we are going to literally take the time to dig a massive hole and bury them. And we'll come back for it. It doesn't matter if we can't carry it. We'll come back for yeah. it. You're mostly right there. That this that scene is very much a, like, oh, yeah, this let's just loot, get, get loot from at the end of the session or at the end of the encounter. But most parties would just take the coins and not care about the how they're being carried. <laughs> I guess. I was kind of imagining, like, for some reason, you couldn't was, or whatever, and you just no, couldn't it, take the barrel, like... No, encumbrance is a real thing in D&D. That, that if the DM was very pedant, was a pedantic asshole like Gandalf, um, they would absolutely make them do something like that. It's like, guys, there's, there's like 50 pounds of gold here. Are you going to carry that instead of food? <laughs> Right, um, exactly. But to your original point of they're probably not going to write about their return journey, I want to point out the title. Oh, there the and back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Told you. Connor so, should Connor really should have been the one to mention that. I mean, he should have been telling you all along. Um yeah, it's just fun. I mean, like, they go through, they get the sword. Like, Gandalf shows up. He's like, this sword is, like, nice. He, like, Gandalf takes a sword. Thorin <laughs> takes a sword. Um, Oop, crap, I want to write a note, but my pen's in the other room. Yeah, so those... Uh, I'll be right back. Those things are all funny. I don't know. And then, uh, like Josh was kind of mentioning, um, the whole thing about Gandalf explaining. He's like, you know, hey, this is where I was. Um, this is what I did. And then when he hears about the trolls, he says, immediately I had a feeling that I was wanted back. Looking behind, I saw a fire in the distance and made for it. So now you know. Please be more careful next time, or we shall never get there. Thank you, said Thorin. <laughs> yeah. That's... Oh, man. Where's that scene? All right. Um. Let's see. 
Oh, I think, I think there's just, um, a, I just want to mention also, something about Tolkien's narration here. Did you want to say something first, Josh? I just wanted to say, there, I got the a bit of the impression that Thorin was a little uh, frustrated with Gandalf. Because um, he, he says, uh, uh, could you be more plain when he, when he tries to get that explanation of where Gandalf was? Um, I don't know. I think I have movie Thorin kind of his grumpiness yeah. in my head. So. No, I get that, though, because I, I do it's, think he's a little frustrated. I mean, like, he's already very skeptical of Bilbo, and the o- only reason he's there is because of Gandalf. So I think some of that gets put on Gandalf. And Gandalf already does have a habit of this with Thorin because Thorin originally asks how he got the map in the first chapter, and Gandalf mm-hmm. just says, oh, your father gave it to me. And then I they think about it. To it yet. <laughs> yeah, Thorin's like, well, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, obviously, there's more to explain here. Um, My dad's been so, dead for 100 years or something Yeah, like so I, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think that's a fair reading of it, Josh. Um, I was just going to mention uh, just a couple quick instances of Tolkien's narration that I liked in um, chapter two. He says, you wouldn't notice the cavalcade of dwarves if you were two feet away. Um, and then he kind of even goes into, like, even though, like, they're they're pretty quiet, like hobbits, like, even a weasel wouldn't run away or something. Yeah. Um, really? But then there's this, there's this part where the, the trolls are talking, and then he, he has a line. He says something like, yes, I'm afraid trolls really do act like that. And, uh... And something like, I, I didn't actually put all my page numbers down, so I'm not sure where to find this, but there was one more line where it was something like, um, uh, like the the dwarves would have really been mad that Bilbo didn't tip them off if they had known that the trolls were quite likely to, to try toasted dwarf or even pony, something like that, or roasted, <laughs> roasted dwarf or even pony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like those are, like, those little bits where, like, on the face of it, it's not necessarily funny, but, like, reading through the book, like, it's a lot more, um, I, like, almost, like, casual and uh, lighthearted than, um, Almost like conversation like a conversational British man talking to children. Well, yes. And I I think that's exactly it because, you know, as I have heard and a little bit of what the foreword was about from his son, Christopher Tolkien, you know, like a lot of what the Hobbit was before he actually wrote it down, you know, was stories that their father Tolkien would tell them. And so like, sure enough, like I, I think that feeling really does get captured in the writing and translated to the reader. Um, and that's, that's really cool, especially considering, you know, the, the difference of time from when it was written and, and all the, the many variances of audiences that book has had over, um, you know, it's more than a century or, or no, sorry, that's Tolkien's age. Um, almost a century, 86 years runtime. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's definitely one of the biggest things that stuck out to me. I, I had heard a lot, you know. I feel like over the years about how 
these books might be a slog to get through. And I don't know if the Lord of the Rings is going to be any different or, or like, oh, you know, you're going to be reading descriptions of a field that are like three pages long or like, you know, every 10 pages you're reading another song or so. And I was like, kind of, I was kind of waiting for this to be something to trudge through. But so far, you know, I'm pleased to say, I, I think it's been pretty breezy. Um, and that, that's been like a fun surprise for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think I had this, a similar feeling when I first read the book. That uh, my impression of the Hobbit is that it's it is a it is not that kind of story. It it is it, it will get into details, but it keeps moving. I think, and I, I hope we continue. We see that like every couple chapters we read. As for Lord of the Rings, oh man, the first few chapters of the Fellowship were so <laughs> hard to get through. Like I said, it was like I did not have the motivation to fit, to keep going with that book, and that was, I think, the guys were in the middle of Dune at the time. So, yeah. and Dune is Dune is a book that I considered for the longest time to be a slog, a, a slog to get through, because I first tried to read that Dune in middle school when that stuff was just going way over my head. And trying to read in a middle school cafeteria is not conducive to reading that book. But when I read it last summer, two summers ago, geez, when did everything happen? Um, I was running right through it because it, it, it clicked with me a lot more then. And I think as we grow up, it's these kind of detailed stories are easier to get into and get easier to get lost in because our imaginations are a bit more... Uh, well, they may not be as active as when we were kids. I think they're a little bit more receptive to the words on the page and interpreting those into something that we can imagine and engage with. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I, I I think that's all I had to say about that. I, I felt like I had more for a moment, but it, it, it left. <laughs> well, I think you uh, had a, a good a good thought to share there, Josh. I'm, I'm with you. it for sure. Um, and I mean, having read through Dune, I guess that makes me hopeful that, um, we'll be ready for Lord of the Rings when we get to it. So, I hope so too. you know, <laughs> if, if we get to it, I don't know if Connor's going to shoot us down or not, but we'll so see. Can shoot down turn. <laughs> I mean, Josh already used his one veto, so I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it's just me. It's just I've me just against him now. I've so much time by doing that. <laughs> All right. I mean, any other thoughts on these first two chapters? Any thoughts on what we think might happen? I know for some of us, we're not going to be able to share our predictions, but I mean, like, you know, um, I guess well, anything else we want to mention before we wrap up here? I think they'll have a short rest in the next chapter. Hmm. Uh, we no, will I see. I don't have much else to say about the uh, these two chapters. I think we covered them pretty well for our standards. Yeah. And our standards are pretty high. Pretty high. <laughs> high for, for a hobbit, maybe. Yes. Damn, dude. Maybe maybe up to about Gandalf's eyebrows. Mm. That's pretty good. How about that for an episode title? Yeah. High for a hobbit? High for a <laughs> hobbit. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, cool. I thought you were going to say Gandalf's eyebrows, but that works too. <laughs> Connor, any, any thoughts from you? Um... I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm actually happy because you know I, I thought the same thing about Lord of the Rings as being dense and maybe harder to get through. 
So I am excited that, you know, maybe uh, this is only two chapters in, so it could go could go uh, wrong. But uh, maybe The Hobbit eases me in, gets me sucked in and, and attached to the universe. Then The Lord of the Rings, like, it's it's worth the, the commitment at that point. Yeah, I hear yeah. the Two Towers is like the God Emperor of uh, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, I I love the God Emperor, so that would be awesome. Can I'm sorry, Karen, Do you have any thoughts before I, I derail us for a moment? No, uh, derail away. I'm happy with what um, we covered here. I, I want to go back to the pros and cons just for a quick moment. I completely sure. forgot about a con that happened this morning. Well, no, no, we're calling it cons and pros now. Whatever. Um, so I got I got an Amazon gift card for Christmas, and I was just going through getting some things off Amazon I've been looking at for a while, replacing some things that Nova shredded, um, and I was so happy. I was like, I got five items in my my shopping cart that added up to just under the amount of the gift card. It's like awesome. I'm gonna use like the whole gift card and not it, or, or like most of the gift card and won't have anything on my credit card. For, the, for all these things I've wanted. And I, I hit the order with the taxes. The the order total shot up so that my credit card was charged eight cents. <laughs> and I just That's a that con? Fr- That's a con. I found it very frustrating. <laughs> uh, it's like, I was so close to getting exactly the what I needed. And it's like, nope, eight cents over. Fuck you with taxes. Oh, <laughs> well, you know. Though pro to balance Close it out, no I, then, I then immediately spent a couple hundred dollars getting a fucking exercise machine so I could get one of my uh, 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 New Year's resolutions. Resolutions, thank you for the yes. New Year. Yes. All so right. That that's that's a pro. Kind of, that's a pro. No way. Yes. Well, unless you're going from the bank account spec. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> standpoint but that that's why i'm derailing it's like i i saw an email pop up i was just checking what it was real quick it's like oh the the, the exercise equipment shipped awesome <laughs> all right i had this there's two check there's two things on my credit card now because the fucking gift card stuff was eight cents over oh hey eight cents. it's all good in the end the amazon needs to take a penny leave a penny function first shit like that <laughs> jeff bezos ain't gonna do that he didn't become nope. the second richest man on planet earth by take a penny leave a penny Nope. Is he still the second Richard or is Elon falling under that at this point? I don't know. Elon has I, re- lost... I, re- I really don't know. I think Elon set a record for the most money lost by a billionaire. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're kind of a we fuckwad. Should, um, <laughs> we, we should have uh, somebody set a record for, for most heads lost as a billionaire. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, you just look at, like, all the kings beheaded in France, like, over the last few hundred years. That's, that's Yeah. The, the, rec- the record is one. Everyone it's, has one head to get. Every billionaire has one head. It's coming back, baby. 2023. <laughs> Guillotine 2000. Wait, wasn't that an AJJ song? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's something like that. Like that Super Guillotine? Super or, Guillotine... Uh, 3000 or something like that yeah literally yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> that's a really good song too it's a good album yeah yeah good stuff all right um 
Well, hey, I mean that that was uh, that was chapter jumps. This is the first episode of Connor, chapter jumps two thousand. Connor, aren't you forgetting another announcement? Um, I kind of thought you were gonna. I thought you might do all that. Well, you know, it's kind of weird to have a, a big announcement about this on your first show um, of of a podcast. But uh, we do have a brand new Patreon. Patreon.com slash chapter jumps. Um, <clears throat> you can be a citizen of Chump Nation for just $1. If you subscribe for $1, you get a full citizenship, and that includes a vote in our next Chump Nation election. And uh, that election determines which books we read next. Um, and, you know, I. I we haven't actually discussed how the points work, but my thought is is the listeners get like all together, all the listeners' votes combined, they get one vote, <laughs> and then we get th- yeah we get three yeah. Um, I feel like that's not we'll work on that. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. I, I mean, that can't be a very strong incentive though, because then you know what exactly. We we we'll no, we'll no, work no. on it. We'll no, we'll work that's on it. Crazy. Sure. If we'll they get all the it. votes, if they get all the votes, they we we're just reading. We compared to three votes, five million patron, you know, patrons. Connor, this is how the electoral college was formed. This is the death of direct <laughs> democracy. Is that what you want to do? Is, yeah. that, is that really what you want to do? I want to be. Uh, People are going to be chopping when, off your head next, okay. buddy. Okay, when when you suggested that we let the Patreons vote on our next books. What I thought you meant was that they do the final vote. We're the ones who pick the, the books they vote from, though. Since That's it's our what we should list. do. We never, That's what we should do. I don't like that. No, You know what? We, we don't need to... This is going to confuse the listeners. Yes. Listen. Uh, $1 gets you full <laughs> Chump Nation citizenship. Which includes a vote. All the all the amazing things that come with yeah. that. It includes a vote. Yeah. Who knows what your vote is worth? But just like in America, I mean, you know, whatever. Like that's that's the world we live in. Who you knows get, what your you, vote is actually worth? You do so. get free healthcare in Chump Nation, though. That's, I mean, that's already a leg up. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so it's it's worth your while. There's also a uh, a three dollar membership tier where you enter the Chumpverse, which is a, a, a place <laughs> wonderful and strange. And uh, once once you're fully immersed in the chump first by paying three dollars, um, you get a a little a little something something of bonus content. Yeah, um, a little something something. You'll find out when you subscribe, and then also you get access to our Discord server, which I just created. Wow, a lot yeah. of a lot of exciting things. Uh, it's yeah, Patreon. I mean, we're making some really big moves here. Hell yeah! Can you link me to that? <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Chapter Jumps. You got to pay the. You got to pay the. Troll tall, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> to get into the hobbit hole. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you if you want to get at us, follow us. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Chapter Chumps. Um, you can get us at chapterchumps at gmail.com if you use email, you know, legacy social media, as they say. Um, and... As always, Sorry, I just can't see the faces I'm making. As always, until next time. Happy birthday, Tolkien. Oh, good morning, birthday, bud. <laughs>